0: Hey, everybody. You're listening to Raw with Marty Gallagher, JP Bryce and Jim Steele now on iTunes and Spotify. And if you guys like the show, you like the podcast, do us a favor. Leave a, um, leave some feedback or a review, five star review. We appreciate that. We're getting a lot of, uh, good feedback and a lot of people starting to follow us. So we appreciate it. Uh, today we're here with one of the best squatters in powerlifting history, not to mention probably the most muscular power lifter anybody's ever seen, Captain Kirk Kowalski. And for for anybody that's not familiar with familiar with Kirk, uh he's a seven-time USPF national champion powerlifter, uh and a six-time IPF World Powerlifting Champion, as well as an IPF junior world powerlifting champion. And one of the one of the most notable accomplishments in powerlifting uh, and his career is his world record 1,003-pound squat. And he's also got a uh, really nice American-made power bar on the market. If you guys want to check that out at ironcompany.com, it's called the Karwoski Approved Power Bar. So check that out. Welcome, Kirk. Thank you. Glad we could uh, get you out of bed today. I haven't been to bed yet. Oh, well, I, I should have known. <laughs> Well, we appreciate you being here. You know, we're always, um, if you listen to our other podcasts, we're always saying things about you. You've done so, so much in powerlifting, you and Marty go way back. Um, so I'm going to hand it off to Marty cause I'm going to ask him, why is Kirk so important in powerlifting? What, what made him such an icon? Oh
1: my God. I don't know. Let me think about that. Um, First, Kirk, how long, when did we first start knowing each other?
2: Uh, 1983, I believe.
1: Well, uh, might have been now. I've, I, have i Joe Pavanelli's. That Joe's was, wasn't that in the 70s? No, not but, with me. Okay. So. I
2: showed up at Joe's uh, when I was 17.
1: Yeah. So I uh, first ran across Kirk when he was 17 years old. Uh, He was already training with a hardcore group of Prince George's County boys. Uh, You know, uh, the leader Joe Pavanelli, 775 deadlift. Uh, Who else? Joe Ferry was in that crew. 700 squat, 500 bench, 700 deadlift, 198. Right. Uh, All of them them were the
2: best in the state.
1: Yes. Peck uh, was a monster, right? Uh, 535 raw bench at 220, 7, 750 squat. Uh, who else was in that crew? Uh, well, anyway, we won't get into the boys. Uh, so that's when I first came across Kirk. Then uh, when Mark opened his gym, which would have been right in around that time, everyone shifted to chalets. Uh, Kirk, at the time, you were ADFPA lifter right? I was doing USPF
2: and ADFPA.
1: But you were making your bones in the ADFPA, and then uh, I think your first big-time meet was the World's, Junior World's in Peru? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, tell them a little bit about that. That, that was a debacle. Um, yeah. The U.S.
2: Yeah. didn't send any judges, and Perfect. I was supposed Perfect. to be a 275er, but I got Montezuma's Revenge, and lifted at 240. Well, I was gonna lift at 242, and I was in the weigh-in line and got on the scale and weighed like 243. So I told the, the guy, "Hey, I'm gonna I'll be back in 20 minutes. I'm gonna go run this off." And he goes, uh, "What do you mean? You're a 275er? You weigh yourself. You're scheduled as one. You weighed in as one. You didn't tell us you were checking your weight. Well, you know, once everybody pulled me off that guy and all the all the fiascos, um, I ended up lifting. And on my third attempt, I set a junior world record squat. They checked the weight, and then
1: this Norwegian kid came and broke. Interrupt. Kirk, Kirk, wait a (laughs) minute. Now listen, so you gotta explain what a junior lifter is.
2: Under twenty-three.
1: Okay. And how old were you? Uh,
2: at that point I was twenty or twenty one.
1: Yes, yeah, young boy. All right. So tell them about the squat asked of
2: so I called for a fourth attempt because I wanted that world record. So mm-hmm. came out. And missed it. Um, I was wrapped too, too early. So I'm 45 minutes later, I'm laying under a, a vent, which was the only cool place in that arena. And I see a bunch of people coming over. And they're walking toward me. And I'm like, uh-oh, something bad's about to happen. So what had happened was the English coach had convinced them Third attempt, the world record, which was checked, was misloaded.
1: What was the pain?
2: And actually showed them a video playback because the news was there. Kirk, they what was showed the weight on my second attempt?
0: Kirk, what was the weight on? Uh, seven,
2: 788. 88, yeah. So they come and tell me that they're taking my third attempt which was a checked world record away but I can have another attempt so I'm like Are you that was on wait of him. yeah anyway i'm like all right i had they told me i had 10 minutes so i pulled my suit on i got my knees wrapped no warm ups walked out but i told them i don't just want the 7 88. I don't know, whatever it was, yeah. I did the same weight over, I wanted the world record, so I took 804.
1: In your face, we're going to dunk.
2: And the, and, and the English coach was like, no, that'll put you too far in front of my guy. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? You really think I'm going to get it? After laying here? So, I got my shit together, came out, smoked the 804. Oh, yeah. Two to one on depth. they turned me down. Huh. The U.S. had no judges. So that cost me first place. And then my third attempt deadlift, which was a PR at the time of 683, they turned down and said I wasn't locked out. And that cost me second.
0: <clears throat> so, Kirk, was this the, because uh, I, I know you competed in the, uh, the didn't you compete in the U.S. PF
1: uh, Nationals like th- it was three times, right? Yeah. Hold, hold, hold on, JP. Hold on. Hold on. Let me, let me, <clears throat> let me get back control of the steering wheel here. So, okay, let's finish. Let's, let's finish off here. You ended up in this meet third place, right? This is a meet where tanks were in the street and you were almost oh, yeah. shot there
2: was in the one day, that, you know, we're like, what's going on? And there's, there's some riot in the big square in front of our hotel, and you this know, it was crazy. scary. Economy. It was like the shit you see on the, on the, the world news.
0: everybody and knew Kirk was there.
2: Signs And They had signs and all this noise. And then all of a sudden, there's a whole bunch more noise. And the way they broke that up was a bunch of tanks ran through the long way, and then they came through the sideway. And everybody was gone in four oh. minutes. But, like, you know, thousands of people were gone.
1: It tells you they got murdered.
2: Yeah, I had guns pulled on me twice at that thing. Well, that's uh, true. Yeah.
0: At the meet or uh, after?
2: <laughs> well, during that week. Yeah. Yeah, it much? was a scary place to be. I mean, we? the travel agents were like, You really want to go to Peru? <laughs> oh,
1: Peru?
0: Yeah.
3: No wonder no judges wanted to
0: come. I heard the judges carry guns over there, too, just in case. <laughs> Uh, all
1: right. yeah. so anyway, now I, I came across Kirk. Uh, we're, we're, we're Maryland guys. And uh, I ran across him. Well, actually, I, I first ran ran across him when, at Marshall's place when Marshall set up his uh, training at his house. And at that point in time, Kirk was in it. Now, this would have been before the Junior Worlds, Kirk, when you were at Marshall's place in the country, and Jeff, Jeff is with us and Frank Hottendorf and yeah. Uh, yeah, Pat Brooks. And who else? What was it? Some of those other crazy guys.
2: Pete, Pete, so Pete, L- no
1: Kirk, Kirk, no last names, no last names, Kirk. First name. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. And at that point, Kirk was a bottom heavy. Obviously, he was, he was going to be a great squatter, but his bench press and deadlift were, you know, we wouldn't scare any of the guys that, that we were training with. My and
2: lower half, half was super heavy, and my upper half was 198.
1: Yeah, yeah. Honestly, I didn't want to bring it up, but you did look like two different people. Howard the Duck. Yeah, I know. That's cool, <laughs> but that's what they did call him, Howard the Duck, behind his back. And uh, again, the kid was built for squatting, anybody could see that, but uh, he had to bring his lifts up, and then when we got together at Chalets and we started working together, that's when you were transitioning from the ADFPA to the USPF, right? Yeah, Um, it was right about when I
2: was done with the ADFPA. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, we started campaigning together. It took us how many years before we really got traction? Three years? Was it three years or two years? Well,
2: when did you, when we first, first started? The first going, year was, what was it, 87 was the okay. first year that I wasn't a teenager and I had to lift in the open. Right. And I bombed out. Uh, then 88, um, I almost bombed out.
1: So was uh, eighty nine. Yeah, I
2: got third, and then in ninety, I went from forty two to super heavy, and that fixed it all.
1: Now that we should take a bus stop there because that's a that's an interesting story. When we got uh, uh, the first two years, first year, Kirk got a little bit of a bitch slap when he moved from the ADFTA to the USBF. The judging was so much tighter, right? It was so strict. If a squat was not unquestionably below parallel, it was easy, right? So we had a we had a problem. We had a difficulty transitioning into that. And again, Kirk was already at junior world record level, so. Now the question became, how do we bring up the other lifts? So he put on a huge amount of body weight. Uh, you grew from two forty-two to what was? Uh, how, how heavy did you get when you won your super? You were what two eighty-six? Yeah, but I was going to be a 75er. Ex- exactly. We we went into. But
2: we switched because of Calvin.
1: Yeah, yeah. We went into the competition expecting to lift in the 275 down class. And then at the last minute, Mike, we found out that Mike Hall, the defending super heavyweight uh, national champion, with, had pulled out with an injury. And we were like, well, you know, it would be a hell of a lot easier going against the guys that are supers than going against Calvin Smith, who was a uh, multi-time defending national champion at that point. He was a serious guy. <clears throat> so that's what we did. Kirk ate a few hamburgers, went up to super heavyweight. Boom. That was his first national championships. Then he won uh, seven straight national championships in three different weight classes. He won as a 42. He won <laughs> five as a 75 and one as a super. Bowl. So again, that shows his, uh, the depth and the longevity of his domination, uh, Jim, when did you first start knowing about Kirk? Uh,
3: so, Kirk and I played against each other in high school football. Oh, <laughs> now that's
1: interesting.
0: In the playoff. In no kidding. In 1983. I don't think you knew each other, though, right? No. We no, just, we didn't know each other. So, you didn't know you were playing against well, each it other.
3: Is, I mean, it is a small world, because then later on, we have yearbook photos of, like, Kirk getting double teamed and me making. <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, man, we were in that game, you know, so. <laughs> Uh, Well, when I got – I moved to Florida and was coaching high school football and I was looking for something to do, so I said, I think I'll try this powerlifting stuff. And I was watching powerlifting video magazine and there's this freaking gargantuan dude on there and he's walking around, his walkman, on, takes off his walkman, throws it against the wall and goes over to the bar, screams and drops 800 for five below, you know, four inches below parallel. I was like, I'm doing that. (laughs) Well, I had no idea who he was or where he was from and all that. So I just started looking him up and, uh, we left in USA and I'm like, shit, man, we grew up together. <laughs> and that's right down where, you know, Mac, Marin Athletic Club was yep. five minutes from where I grew up. Um, so anyway, we made a connection. I called him. We started talking. I had him come down to, to, uh, I actually had moved to South Carolina shortly after that and, uh, called him to come down to do a seminar and stay with me. So we hung out, we hit it off, and I uh, did a seminar, and then when I'd come home, we'd hang out, and uh, now when we when we train Special Forces together, we're roommates, and it's just like, we can go, go back years not see each other, hook you know, it right back up again, you know, so uh, brothers.
2: One born. of the other funny things is, in college, we played against each other in football, too. And, yeah, junior college, that's right. We didn't know that shit either, <laughs> yeah.
0: It's so funny because now I'm a I'm a few years younger than you guys, but I was in the same area during the same time. I was, uh, you know, out of uh, going to Catoctin and
2: man, Frederick ain't close to here.
0: <laughs> well, you know what I mean. I was in the same state, <laughs> a lot closer than I am now.
2: <laughs> but. <laughs> all
0: uh, well, you guys are down the street and i didn't know it
2: <laughs> yeah My right. pet alligator went to the catoctin mountain zoo
0: yeah you had you know, a pet alligator wally yeah. wally gator
2: wally anyway that, so uh
0: that seems like a pet watching, that you would have
3: watching church and, and all that got me power lifting and i was you know um when I, I first squatted 700 then I was like let me look up Kirk's records <laughs> yeah I'm going to shoot for something in there but it's not going to be the 1,000 how about 800 then, you know when you look at the 1,000 you're like oh yeah you could do 800 you know so that's why I mean. so, uh, you know we just always hit it off man he's just good dude i just think alike yeah we if we
2: went to school together we would have had best buddies
3: yeah. yeah he's been in jail so. exactly, exactly. But, but, but you both would have done well in jail sure and had fun
0: <laughs> can can, can, I, can i revert back to something marty can i revert back to something because i was just you know I, I wanted to read through your book purposeful primitive and and you know take some notes and things and um i was reading about the uh uspf uh meets that that uh, kirk was doing and year one and two there were some issues with the squats but year three I think that's the year that Kirk almost quit powerlifting, right? them. No, you.
2: the second the second men's yeah. national.
0: Was because
2: the- I bombed in eighty seven and eighty eight. I got down to my third attempt and I told Marty, if I don't make this, I'm Awkward. done.
0: Yeah, it was all on the line.
1: But it was with eight oh four. But a there- with eight oh four. But there's two well,
2: I was I was trying to create some extra drama to get my get my shit together. Okay, but
0: but wait a minute. That's there's a lot involved in that last set. Your whole powerlifting uh, career was on the line, but who was who did you look out and see in the front row there that changed the whole dynamic of this this uh lift you were going to do? I don't
2: know, was that that lift, Marty? Yeah, where you said that Doug and Eddie were laughing at me. Marty,
1: tell that's, a story. That's, that's that's my thing. All right, okay. so. Yeah, 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 it's just, it's just, as Ed Cohn said, it was elemental child psychology. So, <laughs> first down to his last bullet in the gun, right, we've got, uh, I think I think he got three reds in the first attempt, two reds in the second attempt, we going after the third, he's sweating like a pig, uh, it doesn't look good, uh, the, 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 the attempts were good, but they take so much out of you, you know? Yeah. I mean, there's so, I mean, every one of the squats, would took forever, and it was just so draining and so hard, and now he's going to go out for a third, and I think it was, wasn't it sweaty and hot for, where were we at? We are in Vegas. Vegas, oh, yeah. It was horrible. Yeah, it was the horrible. The right, right. oh,
2: yeah. whatever, the casino. Oh, oh,
1: the snowboat lounge. oh, God, that was terrible. I think the air conditioning broke down in, in right. Vegas yeah. in August. Oh. Right. So, yeah, third attempt phones and he's walking out, and rock. I feel like I'm going out to the, the goddamn uh, you know, uh, the, the guillotine or up to a, hang somebody or something, right? So, we got to come up with something. on am his coach. So I look out, and Eddie Cohn and Doug Furness are sitting in the front row because they're Eddie Cohn and Doug Furness, and that's where they sit. And uh, so, Kirk's up the chalk box, and For whatever reason, Ed and Doug, they just start laughing. You know, know, they're just having a funny So I jab Kirk on the side "Uh, and say, Kirk, 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 look. They're laughing at him. Right? Kirk looks up, (laughs) and I swear to God, he went from... That was
2: not fucking cool.
1: A (laughs) 9.3 to an 11. Right?
2: Right. And,
1: And it was innocent on Ed and Doug's part, but... Uh, whatever it, it came in handy at that point. And again, he swung to the platform. He manhandled the wave, and it took, I swear, it seemed like it took 20 seconds. Mike Lambert, nine. You know, the, the boss of we the nine seconds, uh, Powerlifting USA, said that the hard, Mike has seen everything. Mike Lambert, the boss of Powerlifting USA magazine, he's been to every world championship. He said that was the single hardest attempt I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Kurt, could you have
2: I lost that attempt? And four he... different
1: times, and he got it two to one. He got two to one weight by That was hand. horrible. Could you have made that?
0: Kurt. Could you have made that if you wouldn't have seen uh, Cohen and Furness out there and
2: yeah, Marty would have I brought off? The problem was where I was training. The people weren't calling depth right, and that was my problem. I was squatting high. I didn't Gee. know it. Once I learned it and started hitting that hole, and then realized that I'm actually better going deeper than trying to cut it. Yeah. Well, that was the end. Of, the end of losing.
1: Yeah. <laughs> In the beginning of domination. So
0: the rest is history. The Lord <laughs> yeah. brought us no, Kurt Kowaski no. to dominate. Yeah,
2: because he had to Once I got that, my sponsor, the the,
0: the free. <laughs> then you had to work, Marty said, then you had to work on the deadlift. And the bench press. And the bench. True. Oh, yeah. So you had some work to do with that. Now for the bench press, uh, Marty takes you to Ken Fantano, right?
2: Well, Marty moved up there, what, Connecticut? Yeah. Mm-hmm. For a while. And he happened in with these guys, and they happened to be friggin' brilliant. And Fantano taught him this bench style. Yes. And when he came back down, he started teaching it to me, and once I started getting it and understanding what the deal was, it took real well. I mean, you know, I put... In the course of a few years, I mean, I put—I don't know—150 pounds on my bench press.
0: Yeah, you went from oh, like yeah. a you went from like a 440 to a 600 pound bencher, right?
2: Well, I from never got one. six.
1: Just shy of it. Really
2: Just shy. I had six, but it but, wasn't but,
1: locked. But but the point is that, and then and then Kerfer did the smart thing and came to Mecca and spent time with Ken. And Ken was a great teacher. He was very clear, very, and he had a really highly stylized, well-thought-out system. And Kirk just to it like water. Everybody else was like, I'm still working on it. You know, I've known it for, well, that was in 1989. I can tell you when that was. So, you know, this is 2019. I'm still trying to perfect the shit Kirk got it in about 15 minutes. Well,
3: I taught it to two ladies. Like, well, hey, that's yes, because I'm, hey, I'm a short fat
1: guy, like Ken. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a natural ability to to, to jolt, right? A bench press and bang, you gotta hit it, right? And you pull that thing down. Well, you toss them through, Kirk. Yeah, yeah. What's the characteristics of the fan panel Kirk advantage? All
2: right. So you get your lift off and it's over your nose or mouth at the top. And the first thing you get your big air and then you Bend the bar like a horseshoe, which, of course, it's not going to do. But what you see is the elbow rotate in. And then you pull it from the ceiling down to your chest. And, you know, to the tune of, ah, I used to believe that it was hard to get 315 down to my chest. I was a woman. I believed it. I'm so big and strong and tight that it takes more than 315 to get to my chest. Because you're pulling it from the ceiling like it's hooked with those rubber bands that we all use now. And then you bring it down the bottom set of ribs and pull it in until it stops. And then when you're ready to go, it's a whole body jolt. Mm. Like if you mark your shoulder, you're probably going to slide up the bench two inches. You do it right. To get that thing moving. And then it's a matter of rotating it out over your eyes.
0: Were you able to arch your lower back much?
2: Yeah, your setup. Well, I have a natural one. Yeah. You yeah. know, with my big ass. <laughs> <You're>, <laughs> I
0: mean, your ass you know, naturally arches your JP, back?
2: JP, well, you no, know, my yeah. lower back is curved that way. <laughs> and, you know, I tried to build more. But, you know, I have a natural one just laying down.
0: Yeah. What, Jim?
3: I was going to say, when Kirk taught it to me, I mean, it's like an hour process of just the explanation and trying it and doing it again and trying it. Yeah. Uh, Because it starts with your feet, then you got your butt, and then you you bite your butt slightly on the bench, and that puts the pressure in your quads, and you're thinking about driving back. And just to get somebody to stop winging out once the bar leaves their chest and give their triceps a chance to get stronger and to catch up takes a while, man. you got to get people to understand that, you know, the way they've been benching with their elbows out, makes them weaker and opens them up to pec tears. But their egos take over, and they don't want to do that because their triceps are weak. Thank you. And once well, you get them to have some confidence in that, they'll never go back.
0: You're, you're exactly right. And I've seen you teach this in person, and I started actually using the same technique. And I can tell you that when your elbows are in... And not winged out, as you're talking about. I mean, it, it takes the stress, a lot of the stress off your shoulders. So, I've I've found that my my shoulders are not hurting anymore. And my triceps have gotten a lot stronger. So, I mean, it's been a winning combination for me.
2: And it enables you to engage your lat and your trap.
1: <laughs> yep. Right. Now, Fentana, when Kenny would do these, his... Uh, it, when he would pull it in, he'd, he'd pull the bar into his chest, and at that instant of launch, his torso would expand with, with such violence that he'd snap the, the buckles off three Inzer power belts. <laughs> <laughs> right. right. That's, that's how radical and dramatic... His torso expansion was well, now imagine how that would launch the damn bar off the chest, right? Right, yeah. yeah. Then he picks up on that momentum and follows through and he arches up and back. And that makes the triceps, it puts the triceps in their most favorable position if they're moving up and back at the lockout. If you push straight up, it's like pushing into a damn. Right from the triceps perspective, the triceps need to keep moving in order to extend. It.
2: When right. you hit that just right, the first six inches, all of a sudden you're like, "Wow, this is halfway up." <laughs> and the big <laughs> thing is to remember to keep rotating backwards. Yep. yep. Because if it go, like Marty said, if it goes straight up, that's what would happen to me. I'd miss these benches by a half an inch of no, uh-huh. no out. And it wasn't that I wasn't strong enough. I missed the angle going backwards. Yeah.
0: So, so you guys are bringing the bar down to what roughly, well, the lower chest, like the solar
1: Body plexus friction.
0: area,
3: right?
1: Whatever's the high yeah. point, dude. What's your high point? Whatever the high point is, that's what you bring it down to. Yeah. So and then
3: I was teaching this technique one time to the volleyball girls. And I was like, always come to your highest point. Always come to your highest point. And this girl laid down who was. Very well endowed, and she said, "Hey, coach, my highest point's a little different than everybody else's
1: <laughs> That's that's when I say, "Kirk, can you come on over here and help her?" <laughs> uh,
0: so you so you bring it down the bar to the to, the the highest point or the lowest point there, and you bring, when you when you bring it back, like Kirk's saying, "You bring it back." You're not pushing straight up. You lock out essentially uh, right above your eyes, right, Jim?
1: Eyeballs. Yep. yep. Back eyes. Yeah.
0: yeah. So it's like almost a hinge motion type.
3: No, of thing.
1: It's arc down, arc back, arc, arc okay. You know, That's arc. I mean, listen,
3: this, you know, and JP, you saw me teach it, but yeah. It, I mean, it starts with where are your eyebrows when you're laying on the bench. I mean, it's that intricate. If you're talking yeah. about somebody who's and, and this is a point I was gonna make later, but the passion involved in all of this stuff is not like, Hey, we just lay down, take it off, bend your elbows and go. I mean, it is step by step and oh, are you did you do your first step? Oh, you didn't? Go back. You know, that's how involved it is.
1: Well, yeah, but that's because when did you start, Kirk? Pardon me? When did you start all of it?
2: Uh, the minute my first foot stepped onto that platform. Everything yeah, when, when was when ritualized.
1: Start, when, when was the first time you gripped a barbell?
2: First time I gripped a barbell?
0: 1976, when the Hulk came out. <laughs>
2: No, no, it was before, before that. that. It was before that. Yeah. I think I think the first time I lifted a weight was I was probably 5 or 6. I, mean, I was fascinated. Wow.
1: So that's 66. They that put you at 71.
2: Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. And since I was the all I did was ask for barbells until I finally got them when I was 12.
0: Talk about... Can we talk about the, uh, the deadlift? Because there was also some stuff on the, there was some situations with the deadlift that had to be cleaned up technique. And there was an issue with small hands and, and all that. So Marty, did you take Kirk to, to, uh, any sort of, um, deadlifting specialist
1: like you did with the bench? Well, when we found out there were no hand replacement surgeries that, but... You know, like we couldn't replace Kirk's hands with Mark's hands. It's like, well, what do we do? And it's like this—the the strategy that we came up with was actually genius, if I say so myself. It's like if you have small hands and you're trying to deadlift big weights, then you should really do it fast, right? Yeah, yeah.
2: Well, uh, Marty so, is the one that got me onto my heels. <laughs> And squatting the deadlift.
1: Yeah,
3: pick your big toes up, set them down lightly. Do,
2: do you remember that day? We were at Aspen Hill Racket Club.
1: Yep, love that. And club. I was
2: deadlifting, and you said, pick your big toe up off of the floor. And you were like, lightly. And that is the what? first thing that I teach everybody now, to get them sitting on That's their the, heels. Get that big toe off the floor as and you what, sit down.
1: And what happens? Automatically, you're put in a power push position, right? Right. Yeah. So, so continue, continue Kirkster.
2: Um, No, it just was a matter of work, work, work. Get that form down. And I loved the deadlift. I just I had a shitty hand. D-
1: did
0: you ever consider sumo?
2: I did it for a cycle, and it made my hips sore. No. And no. I knew no. I was going to pull no. a world record deadlift. And I didn't want to jeopardize a world record
1: squad. And, and, and nobody we knew sumo. There was no sumos in Maryland. I just like, it wasn't allowed in Maryland. Do we know anybody in Maryland that used sumo? No. Well, that
2: was the other thing. All your trainer partners would give you a bunch of crap if you pulled sumo.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah it was like, oh, oh, so you're not really a good deadlifter. Could, was it allowed in the meets back then? Yeah, yeah. of course. But not in our neighborhood. Yeah, not mean, We system. had a lot of good
2: damn Marshall, Marshall in his basement said, if I was a head judge and somebody came up and spread their feet, I'd just get up and kick them in the
1: nuts.
2: <laughs> 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 or, you know, I'm like, or, okay, I'm not pulling okay. Simo in front of him. <laughs> wow. Wow. <Yeah. laughs>
1: This is the same guy that was later described by the Cecil County District Attorney as the one-man crime wave.
0: It, Kirk, you know, the, you know what's amazing now. Now, uh, what's amazing about your deadlift, I think, is you know one of the things about the deadlift is you always want the bar to go up and down in a straight line. And we we posted a video of you from 1984. You're doing a double on the deadlift with 810. 1994. 94. I was gonna say eighty-four. Or, I mean ninety-four, good. sorry.
2: 1984,
0: I was calling six, uh, 61. Yeah, 84. sorry, 94. This is, and for anybody that hasn't seen it, go to YouTube, type in most muscular power lifter of all time. Because when I saw this thing, that's instantly what I thought. You were just out of your mind, shredded and muscular, and it was funny because I did a um, a screen grab and I put uh, the Incredible Hulk doll next to you guys, next to you, and uh, did like a comparison. And you're more muscular than the the, the Hulk doll.
2: Well, I mean, you were massive, rice. huh? I was eating wild rice.
0: <laughs> wild rice. <laughs>
2: That was but, a very traumatic year for me. And I was really stressed out. And I also had jumped on the leaning out diet program. And, you know, I never slept. So I was like doing cardio all the time because my brain just wouldn't stop spinning. I was losing my freaking mind. And I got big. So actually, I got smaller, but looked bigger.
0: So. So a couple quick things or real quick on technique as huge as your legs were and your legs, your thighs were up to what? 34?
2: 34 and change.
0: And it, the bar is still going straight up and down. I mean, you're, you're moving your body around the bar and it's just, you know, it, it's, uh, I don't know how you did it with those big ass legs. I mean, they're, that's the biggest I think anybody's ever seen you in that video it's incredible Um,
2: yeah it's crazy because I've weighed 50 pounds heavier than that but I've never looked bigger than that picture
0: you probably could have competed I didn't know you were doing cardio what kind of cardio were you guys doing
2: Um, I was mentally stressed so I was doing cardio in my head I didn't actually do cardio my job at the time was I was on my feet all day working you know, production.
1: What a union job. was a printer. Okay, real work, man work, all day long. But it was a good situation because, what was it, uh, four and a half days got you two and a half off?
2: Yeah, my schedule was Tuesday through Friday from 7 to 3.30. Saturday, 7 to 12.30. So I'd go bench, and then I had two days off, and I didn't have to work. And then I'd go squat.
1: Dang. And he, did, and, he did, and he stayed in that pocket for ten years.
0: Now, you're on your feet all day long, every day working, working a working man's job. Were you able to keep your um your meal regularity every two or three hours with that job?
2: Well, I had a cooler, and once I actually learned to eat, I ate every hour.
3: Oh, every hour. Marty, can you can you go over how you hooked Kurt up with uh, the guy up in Rhode
1: Island and all that with uh, Derizzo? Anthony. Danny, Danny, we loved him. Yeah. Uh, he was another of the the New England connection. Again, you know, you you, you get up. Uh, I was up in the New Haven, West Haven. Uh, Milford area, but, you know, you'd run into the Rhode Island guys. Who were the Rhode Island guys, Kirk? They had, uh, in addition the to... Mark, a, D, the Steve, Bob. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there was a whole crew of guys from Provin- uh, Provincetown. Yeah. Yeah, and they were all the uh, the, the good lifters, right? I and mean, we'd see these guys at the Nationals, right? That was those gathering place. Everyone would It was like a gathering of a communal tribe at the national championships. I get so mad at Kirker. Halfway through his reign. I mean, again, this guy won seven national championships in a row. You know, by the time you get to number four or five, you've got like, you know, Tiger Woods status, you know? So, but I get so mad at him because we'd go to these things and they would last Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And typically, he'd lift on Sunday, but I'd see him Friday, Saturday, on his feet, on his feet, walking, walking around in concrete. I'm like, God damn it. You know, can you, like, go to your hotel room, like, put on a movie or something? And But he was the mayor of Powerville, and it suited him.
2: If I sat in my room, I would tighten up and hurt.
1: Yeah. yeah.
2: So you guys, so Marty, you hooked him up
3: with DeRozio and he, and he put him on. So this was, Kirk is going through that stressful time. His body weight started dropping. He started leaning right. out. Did you guys, did you guys say 42? If,
1: if I can be honest, and I think I can, uh, Kirk was hovering like in the, in the low 250s uh, and he's going through a divorce. Right. Right. And it's like, I can't keep the weight on. I said, so, well, no shit. I guess you can't keep the weight on with all this stress going on i said well here's an idea if you're 255 you know why don't we blow their minds and go down to 242 and he goes
2: they get that goddamn squat record which? Oh, yeah. The most. Impressive. i tried it twice Missed yes it. the
3: thousand's impressive but that man at 914 was that 914
1: was yes that? yes
3: yes that was that was something else man
1: I broke my leg. I had done 8.45, weighing 2.50 in pursuit of that self-same record. The record was 8.71. <clears throat> I broke my leg uh, four weeks out from the Nationals. That was the end of it. But then my boy got the record. How about that? Next best thing. I couldn't get it, so I created Kirk. Bang, he got it. Right, and he crushed it. He destroyed it. I mean, it was just like, and, and Danny's record, uh Danny Weller's record was it eight seventy one or eight seventy six? I can't remember. Eight sixty seven. Yeah, eight sixty seven. That had stood for fifteen years. Right. I mean, it was it was uh, a a a big time lift. And again, all these, all these lifts were legal. Squats done below parallel, and then. Kirk just, just decimated that. Then, after he attained that super low, tight body weight to go back up to 275, he didn't make the mistake of pigging it out and eating nothing but, you know, pizza and beer and ice cream. He stayed tight. And that's when he attained to 275 greatness. Everything great that happened to Kirk happened after he went down to 242.
2: Well, I had broken the world records, but yeah, I mean you after I dropped good, the 2 and the came back, reveal, I guess so. it was okay. a whole new world. Because okay. Okay. I packed what on is. so much muscle eating all that protein. Did he get the nuts and bolts of that? Like, what
3: did he have eating? <laughs> and then, you know, I, people thought that was fascinating. I did an interview with Kirk one time. We talked about how he used to get up in the middle of the night. Eat all, right, drink,
1: not, and went, all right, now, now wait. I'm going to let Kirk go. I'm, I don't want to hog the platform. but we'll say this. Yes. Tightening up for Kirk at the time was going from uh, four Whoppers to two, right? But or twice the ball. <laughs> so now, t- Ted, tell, tell him what DeRizzo did. Tell him how you tightened up. What'd you do? Wait, what did he say? Tony, I, I, Tony what did, what, did yeah. what was the diet advice that Anthony gave you? That you use first to go down to 242 and then to to go back up to 75, but stay so
2: tight. Going back to 275, I was eating 500 grams of protein a day. Oh,
1: but it was uh,
2: good good stuff. Good stuff. Just egg whites, tuna, chicken. It was horrible. (laughs) It was a fucking nightmare.
0: So, what was that, Kirk? Like eight meals a day?
2: No, I ate every hour. Every hour? And well, egg none egg. of it tasted good. So every hour, it's like, all right, knock down eight egg whites. Just do it. And that wasn't too hard to do. And then the next hour, eat this can of tuna.
0: Were you Yummy. getting up at night? Yummy. Were you getting up at night, too?
2: I woke up twice a night. How about that? <laughs> yeah. And what Virginia would you have at night? Three hours. Have? I would put a chicken breast or something else on a plate and I had friends tell me that they saw it and it was creepy because I'd sort of roll, I'd be snoring and I'd stop snoring and I'd roll over and grab this thing and eat it but I wasn't awake
1: well, I, I knew
2: where it was I'd roll over and okay. eat it I didn't have to set the alarm anymore, it was great That just
3: demonstrates dedication and something, you know
0: don't you uh, don't you wish you could have been asleep for all the other meals you had to eat during the day? Uh, all that tuna,
3: carbs, or rice, I Five cans a day. Was it? it was what were mean?
2: Carbs or rice? It was awful. I got to where the you know how when you work the can opener in your kitchen, most <laughs> people their cats will come running.
0: Yeah, you came when running? I
2: worked the can opener. I would start to gag, <laughs> so I had to use a manual one. Yeah, blah, blah. like the swiss army knife to open my can otherwise the, the can opener made me want to throw up
0: so so what was uh you know we talked to gillingham a few weeks ago and he was always into a lot of carbs and, and things so how what was your carb level during that time um pretty low
2: well nice. i bumped it up to go back up but it was probably three or three fifty mm-hmm. yeah
3: and it was, it was. I remember you, you saying you added some wheat bread in there. Sometimes you had rice and potatoes. Is that what it was?
2: Well, going down, it was all that clean, the rice and the potatoes yeah. and all that. Going back up, I, I was the land up bread again. Yeah, that was beautiful.
0: <laughs> but you're right. You know, I, I, uh, you know, I've been doing this a long time too, and you get into the. Uh, meals every two hours and you're on the road. You know, I used to drive a truck for a while and I would pre-pack all my food and I'm eating, trying to choke down this chicken in the afternoon, man. And it just gets to where you start to gag and you you uh, you uh really do not look forward to eating again. But I, I, I did it every two hours. I can imagine eating every hour. That's crazy. Well,
2: it was easier because you cut it in half. So every hour, it's like, knock down this chicken breast. Chop were... down these six or eight egg whites. Just, just do it and shut up because it's not that much. You just choke it down like I'd actually like pull. You know, I'd hard boil the eggs. I pull them apart, throw the yolk in the trash, and and put the two sides of the white in and just chug it with some water. I wouldn't even chew it.
1: Well, why
0: why didn't you put in some uh, metrics and beer shakes throughout the day and kind of so you didn't have to eat so much?
2: Well, see, that's when I learned how to do it right. <laughs> the metrics and beer. Well, you know, that was a whole friggin' fiasco. We were at the beach, and I had set it up so I could actually take a vacation and not have to train because I lived in a contest the day before we left for that. And that day, we'd been out drinking all day. And what? Somebody drank my milk. So, what you don't see on that Metrex video is me throwing the friggin' tantrum and throwing stuff like off the balcony, having a fit, because <laughs> I had no milk. And then I came up with the brilliant idea of making it with beer.
0: Well, I'm, what other choice did you have? I mean, you don't want to use water. That didn't taste good.
2: Water. I drink enough water every day. Yeah. I was drinking like three gallons a day. They told me that with all that protein, that I'm going to get kidney stones. So I needed to drink a lot of water.
0: So you 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 did that at the, at the beach for a week, and you just said, you know what? I'm going to drink all this beer. I'm going to put metrics in it once in a while. I'm going to eat whatever I want. And you told me you were actually getting leaner. As the days went by and you called your, your guy and said, what's up with all this? Apparently, I can oh, eat whatever I well, want and get leaner at the same time.
2: Well, it was it's cool. it's not so much. The, yeah. it, all the drinking was like a diuretic. And then all the crap that I was eating was sugar. And that yeah. was like blowing the yeah. main stuff. Now it's blowing
1: up his bike. Like well, there's like yep, depleted Jimmy, voice, Jimmy, Come you on, know. We knew all this, Jimmy, that's if you got you to load up more next time.
3: It's and a, you were at 300 or 350 cars. Yep week and as active as he is that's not that much no then when he went to ocean city he's bumping up to six to a thousand
1: he's active he's moving around right he's right
0: he goes from he goes from being so disciplined to just blowing it out for a week and his body is like what the hell is going on it's an anabolic burst and we've talked about that before yeah it's a predictable thing
2: uh, now it definitely that week at the beach definitely screwed me I probably would have squatted 950 if I had done that
0: yeah but I mean we got the video but, out of it so
2: was good. I had the best one of the best weeks of my life yeah and hey lifting is just for me was about making my life better
0: and listen we had to and cut had half that video fun. out still better? I'd you? have been thrown in jail if I would have put that whole thing out what hey here's uh here's something i want to talk to you about let's talk about psych okay this is one of the things that we've talked about a lot of times and for some reason your name always comes up he was fucking crazy because you're a guy that was known to bring it to level 11 and, you know, like Marty said, when you guys were, where were you guys at? Uh, Switzerland Many or places. Sweden, Many places, Sweden, I think. But everybody would get fired up because of how much you got fired up. Well, and you're such a great lifter, too. But um, you just brought it to a different level. And I, w- I want to talk about psyching. Te- now, you had a technique, if you want to call it that, but. You would do certain things backstage to get ready for a big lift. I mean, describe that whole thing and how you you just fired up your, your mind so much and brought that level of rage and intensity that, you know, you don't see in many people.
2: Well, number one, I'm always pissed off. Yes. And to get more pissed off and get something productive out of it isn't that big of a deal. But um, one of the things with the crowd, it has, it. I don't know, but it has something to do with me being the extrovert that I am. And I'd get jacked up, and these people would smell it when I came out. And they'd get fired up. And then I could feed on that energy. I mean, there were times that I would grab the bar for a big attempt, a meet. and I do my, thing, my hands on the bar I put my foot back and I'm getting ready to do my yeah to get it going and it would be so loud that I'd stop for a second and look and then I'd freak out because it's like dude what the f- where is your head but <laughs> I learned that if they were loud enough to pull me out of where I'm supposed to be I'm never going to miss it was like they each had a little finger on that bar helping me lift it. And mm-hmm. so i fed on that energy. And that's one of the other reasons. You know, I'm hanging out being the mayor of Powerville and I'm just getting wound up. People get to know me. And, you know, there's all this excitement. Yeah. And the excitement and that high are the whole reason I lift it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and... He, he, yeah, and um it, it bec- I think you were addicted to it, right? I mean, that's a lot of the reason why you did it, because it's a feeling just beyond... Nothing else can can um, bring you that feeling, except for no. when you're out there no. under that bar, in front of that crowd. It was so hard to stop. That music. was who you were. Because
2: that was just the coolest thing.
0: But when you were backstage, you're getting ready, you're listening to, to music. Now, Marty, from what I understand, he was... He was the guy that also kept people at arm's length, the the well-wishers, I think he calls them.
2: Well, we would, it wasn't, that wasn't Marty's job. We had somebody and that was their job. Yeah. Keep people away from him because I really am a nice guy and I'm fun to be around, but when I'm getting ready to lift, don't fuck with me.
0: Yeah, it's business.
2: Because I'm way serious and there are quite a few bad things that happened. Because somebody got in my way backstage. Because I'm, I'm, this is a life or death battle stuff. Right. And I mean, in my head, I mean, Man. I really got there.
1: Six months of working When
2: I was ready to go, it, you know, it's a very violent and aggressive and, that's how
0: I handle these waves. But but you would you would be backstage just so people understand kind of what went on. You would be listening to music. You would be pacing. You would be visual visualizing the lift and uh, uh, and completing the lift. And Marty, there's one point in Marty's book where he talks about I forget what meet it was, but you're pacing back and forth and tears are just coming down your face. You're just so fired up in your mind. You probably had... I was a crier. You probably had goosebumps. You got (laughs) tears running down your face and you're just so fired up to get out there and make that lift.
2: Well, part of the mechanics of the whole process I don't really have to talk about but um, sometimes those really are sad tears because To get myself that bent out of state, sometimes I got to break myself down. Yeah. I was a big one to find a mirror, stare at myself, and talk to myself in the mirror. You can't lie to your own eyes. That's what my football coach taught us. Hmm. Like, get in front of the mirror. If you say you did everything you could and we still lost that game, I'm going to be proud of you. Right. And, you know, so, yeah, I'd, I'd break myself down pretty bad. And they get pretty upset about it, and then say, fuck this, and get pissed off, really pissed off.
1: One of, one of, one well, of your, excuse me, excuse me, uh, Kowalski, Kowalski, I think, well, first off, Sean, Sean Scully, he was the, the second most, most successful powerlifting, powerlifting coach powerlifting in the history of powerlifting, second only to dual Kennedy. Sean said unequivocally, "He said Kurwaski was easily the most exciting lifter i have ever seen in action. He uh, was electric when he would come on stage, particularly in Europe. They loved him in Europe. He was a rock star in Europe, uh, and deservedly so. You know, uh, he was the essence of intensity in powerlifting. Uh, I." That Kirk could easily generate two to five percent more than he would normal normally be capable of, just strictly through the strength and the intensity of his psyche. His psyche was built over time; it wasn't fake, it wasn't pretend, it wasn't you know WWE. It was real, and and that's what you have to do. You have to channel that. You you know. Internal deserver strike uh, right, great mm-hmm. gym, you know, it awesome and it can be in football, it can be in rugby. Yeah, I mean, you know, whatever. Uh, but and it's, and it, you know, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah.
3: Good, 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 good. Well, I'm just saying, people don't understand. You know, the 500 pound squat, the 600. That's that's all great and everything, but in order to get to that level, man, and to maintain that excellence for so long, it's the seriousness, the intensity, and the passion that. Is above and beyond what people sort of get. You know, like you, you get people may get a glimpse of it once in their life, but to be able to repeat that over and over and to be at that high level is, is a whole different human being, man. It's a, it's a it's a level you can't really. You have to see it. You feel it in the air, man. You feel it in the air when he's getting ready to squat. It, that that's the intensity.
0: And it's it's a level of mental deepness that that he accomplished, and that uh, you know these these top. Uh, world champions accomplished that you know it's uh you know not everybody can get to that and like you said I mean to be that level you have to have you have to be firing on all cylinders on all levels mentally physically everything I mean it's a combined thing but the mentality you got to have when you're under that much weight or pulling that much off the ground it's just um it's it's something that not everybody can can develop
2: Well, we used to do uh, some of the things that I used to do in the gym seem crazy, but um,
1: because they were
2: on bench day, don't let me catch you sitting on a bench press. You sit in a chair that (laughs) is for work, not for sitting.
3: No two and a half.
2: And and, you know there were a lot of really stupid rules that I threw out there, and I'd yell at you if you broke one of them. And you know, they were ridiculous. But it's mental discipline. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, we're benching today. Don't sit on the bench. This right. is a place to the go.
1: Holy if you're
3: bench. gonna if you get there, you better be ready to bench. That's,
0: that's right. right. Yeah. Bitch. And don't don't come bench. in and talk about what you did over the weekend.
3: Right? see, that's what I love. So I don't no, care. No, no, you're not talking. I don't care. Just we're here to do something. You know,
1: talking. To get this who's so, talking? This is very serious. Thing. Seriously, who's talking? Who's talking? Oh, you're on a cell phone? Uh, you you're text, your oh, your texting? You're You're doing your selfies? Texting? Why don't you come up to Don Barry's country gym when Kirk and I are there?
2: Last week, I oh, made a yeah. to talk right. to somebody because I thought he was texting. I'm like, dude, go tell your boy to get his fucking phone down. <laughs> and he was actually putting in his numbers. No, no. Like you're you're training long. Long. He was sitting, I just
1: He'll writing my numbers on. down, sir. He,
0: he almost got killed by accident, right? Yeah.
2: <laughs> no, because <laughs> I'm really bad training right now. Uh, uh,
1: Kirk, Kirk, uh, Matt, Matt, Matt uh, intercede. I'd like to say that Kirk came to me and he said, You need to tell your buddy your body over there. That he's to, to not be texting or whatever the shit he's doing. You need to tell him now. Hey, then I don't want hey, him cooler hey, in the hey. regular. And said, Hey, hey, you know what? You need to stop that. He goes, I swear to God, I'm just logging what I just did, sir. That's respect. And I look back at yeah, Turk. Yes, we've got great results on these boys. I look back at Turk and I shrugged my shoulder. Then he went, he shrugged back, and okay, we moved on. We moved on with the workout, okay? Well, he still got taught a lesson. I I don't know. We'll see if he shows up next week. (laughs) 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 Then that
2: other dude showed up, and he was punching the things on the walls. And I was like, dude, that's totally uncool. This guy's benching. He's getting ready for a
1: meet. Yeah. That's what he did. Yes, sir, I'm sorry. Well, it's a learning process, exactly. and people don't know. People don't understand what it takes, man. Well, yeah. we're happy We're happy to point it out to them, right, Kirk? Yeah. If Do what we say, get the fuck out. If people come up and hang around us, I don't know, it's like being around some old Slovakian butchers or something. I don't know. <laughs> well, <now> you guys are <laughs> surfing as a Hawaii wait, wait, man. You know yes, sir. That's sir. right. Jimmy,
3: you should come on over. You'd fit right in. I know, and I love that little place, man.
0: What? Uh, hey, we got a bunch of questions from uh, social media, from mm-hmm. Instagram.
2: Yeah. Can
0: we go through a couple? Sure. Sure. Eight <laughs> inches. <laughs> uh, you'd be surprised that that wasn't on there. But uh, thank you for Last that. <laughs> um, what were? Uh, let's see. What were some of your favorite accessory exercises for squatting? None. Squat, bench, and dead. Yeah. Fucking For squat, bench.
2: none.
1: Yep. <laughs> For you know, bench,
2: squat, weave, and eat. Right. You're going to load two thousand pounds onto a leg press. You're going to do more cardio, tearing all those plates out to that leg press.
0: Marty still and and pissed
2: do about eight that. With it. it was <laughs> bullshit. So no squat, bench press, incline presses, number yeah. one. Hmm. some more uh, deadlift. Right? now, you did some well, there was a few, real heavy T-bars, real strict. Um, the, as Jim has dubbed them, Kirk Shrugs, Right, right, right which right. is a hybrid of about three exercises. And, uh, well, those are the two best.
3: And then you'd have the arm day on Tuesday, right? What? You'd have that arm day on Tuesdays.
2: Yeah, well, I added that, um, probably in 1994, because I found that when I did some heavy curls, the benches felt stronger coming down to my chest. Hmm.
0: What were you straight bar curling?
2: Um, <laughs> I actually entered a curl contest and set a national record at 220. You that body weight 220? No. Or, or no,
0: 220 pounds. Well,
1: yeah, straight. Yeah, uh, fast on a wall.
0: And you were up against the wall and did
2: 220? Right. Yeah. Wow. So what? so what? He had been drinking, But too. the better one was the 100-pound dumbbells twisting, you know, your your hand towards your face. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. A set of five with the hundreds, real strict, no swinging, you know, knees bent, heels together.
1: <laughs> they were only hundreds.
2: Yeah, they are just hundreds. Do you, Did you uh, when you when you would add that on day? You do close
3: grips first, and then you do the curls and stuff.
2: Yeah, well, you'd go in and you know close grip bench. Yeah, and then go you know play around and be a bodybuilder. But half of that reason for doing that on Tuesday was to get in there and get on that Smith machine and get your lower back to crack after Monday's squat workout.
1: Okay, but, uh, how so? How so? What What would you do in the Smith machine?
2: No way. Just put your feet way out in front of you and go down so your pelvis would tilt and you'd get a pop. Ah, very cool. And it would feel much better. Uh-huh. Excellent.
0: Were, were you doing anything extra for triceps or was it or, or, just the close grip press?
2: Yeah, I'd do some push downs and... Um, I stopped doing the nose breakers or skull crushers or whatever we want to call them because they they tended to make my elbows sore. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it was a a 45 minute workout. Didn't get too wrapped up in it because it was just an accessory day. If I was way too tired to deal Mm -hmm. with it, then I'd blow it off.
1: It's It's dessert. We eat our meat and potatoes. we have room left over, we eat dessert. we're sure. full, we blow dessert off. Did you do calf raises? No. Oh, Jesus. No. No. No, no. I couldn't
3: even
0: no picture point. it. <laughs> so no calf raises? No. So those calves are built off just squats. And I mean...
2: Walking around with that heavy weight on your back. I was a sprinter in high school and I ran on my toes. I always had calves.
0: What did your calves measure at their biggest point?
2: I can't answer that. I never measured them. But I remember.
0: Well, they had to be in the 20s, easy.
2: They were big. I mean, my biceps were a little over 22 after doing the arm day for a couple of years.
1: Yeah, because you were doing what, like, uh, one arms one time a week for what, a total of six
2: sets? Yeah. And I'm on my things working my ass off all day
1: on this test. But I'm just saying that, hey, you build 22 inch arms, you do six sets one time a week.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Do
0: you have, um, Do you have raw totals? Like, do you have uh, your best raw totals for bench dead and squat?
2: Absolutely. Um, I came out of retirement. I retired in 96. In 2004, I came out of retirement and looked at a raw meat. And at 38, ran 242. I squatted 826. And this is raw. Uh Not raw with wraps. Nothing. Not raw with knee sleeves. My Mm. knees were naked. I had a belt, and I had shoes, and a singlet. No model this, this raw with wraps thing pisses me off to no end.
0: Is this the one where you got the really good pictures?
2: Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, really so, good shots.
2: The bench didn't go all that well. Um, I only benched 462 at that. My best raw bench, I had wrist wraps on and a Hanes T-shirt with a pocket. And I did a 540 for a pause. Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, then I pulled a 771 deadlift, which ironically was a personal best at 242. Hmm. Yeah. In a beat. I mean, yeah. in 242 in training, I pulled a whole lot more, but... Yeah.
1: I, well, I, however, you weren't squatting 900 before. before. That made right. the difference. You only had 826 in your back. The reason that Kirk never got the giant, uh Kirk did uh 800 for two and 825 for one. He was never able to match that in competition because the squat took so much out of his upper back that he couldn't lock. The
2: and then that bench working the elbows and shoulders
1: and everything. And by the way, Marty,
2: that was 810 for two.
1: Yeah, the 10 for two. Don't
2: screw me on that top,
0: 810. That's the video. Yeah, that's the video yeah, that's, we got, right? Yeah, yeah. In eight and a quarter.
1: But again, he would lose 50 pounds off that after having to squat those, you know, gigantic poundages. But so when we went into the raw meat and he's only weighing 242 and only having to squat 826, you know, a mere trifle and he's able to pull a 771, right?
2: Yeah. That was the most fun me. If
1: yeah. I ever
2: decide to compete, it's going to be completely wrong. Yeah, forget, well, we all Forget all see, the equipment. Uh, it's too much drama.
3: Yeah. It is a pain in the ass all that stuff on, man. And, you know, you
1: know I mean, where does the lifter end yeah. and the equipment? Well, again, but- and-
3: you know, you were making the point about how he still had a strong deadlift, and that means wearing all that equipment is like doing sets, man. Like them putting it on, and then your knees being wrapped and unwrapped, and all that stuff—that wears you out too. Well, you
1: know? and, and you know, who's how much man is in there, and how much gear is in there? experts like used to be you know, here. They, you know, <laughs> you know I mean, come off. I mean, just Kirk. take your, take your shit off and let's see who's got what. Yeah. It's pretty really? easy.
0: Yeah. Kirk, you did the, uh, the 800 for five squat. That's on YouTube. That's a very well known video of you. Um, I think that was, was that your max for five or you were telling me you went, um, a little heavier than that raw for five one time, right?
2: Um, no, I think that was.
0: That was your all-time. Yeah, I hate to... I hate
2: and, to you fill, know,
1: it's funny. Wait a minute, Marty's got it, a problem with that. I hate I the filler but that, that is at the, the, the beginning of the 1,000 times 2 cycle. cycle. Yeah. And I have always wondered, what if you had been allowed at the 800 for 5 raw, which was how many weeks out? Was that 12 weeks out?
2: Uh, I don't
1: think 12. Do you figure? No, uh, I man. Yeah, I think it, it was because you had no damn gear on. I mean, then you start wearing your gear 12 weeks out, right? You put your uh, wraps and belt on.
2: If I would have done it eight weeks later with the same belt, yes. I would have gotten eight or nine.
1: Hmm. What, uh, you would have gotten, well, okay, but how about for one? That's what I'm thinking. Of. I'm thinking nine. Uh, a single rep,
2: 9.10
0: Nine, 10 raw you would have got?
2: Yeah. I say 900. Because 800 for 5, yeah, when I'm you're doing it's... those kind of ways, a double, you add 50 pounds. And then 25 pounds rep after that.
1: And, and you're way out. It's, I mean, you were at that. your peak. You're at the beginning of the cycle.
2: Okay, that's breaking up, and I didn't hear what he said.
1: <laughs> Did you he say hear me? Yeah, said, yeah, just say it again. You were at the beginning of the cycle when you did that. What could you have done if you had been allowed to stay raw for the rest of the cycle? Nine hundred for one? Certainly.
2: Wow. Um I don't know, maybe nine thirty or thirty five. Oh but I can only base it on what I did.
1: At two hundred seventy five. I don't think there's a man alive today that can do that at that body weight. Maybe there's some 400-pound guy who can do that. Yeah, that's crazy weight, Jim.
3: Yeah, no, you're right, man. There's, I mean, that you know, I, just for the 800 for five, just the sheer like the awesomeness of the rawness of the whole thing. I mean, the intensity on that set. Come on, man. What were you pissed off on that day? I mean, it was it was like. Over and then he gets done with the says, and he's like, "Yes, I weights. Yes, so I I, own
2: I knew it was a thing, but it was just what I was supposed to do that day. Yeah, so yeah, that's, so that's what, what. So you had, but, that but I knew that it was big forever. But I had no idea. Now, you know, what fifty years later, and you know, it's on the internet and you see these comments and it's like, "Wow, that really was a big fucking deal."
0: And hey, Kirk, the thousand for two. Now, when we watch that, you go, okay, man, Kirk goes down, beautiful, beautiful rep, comes up. Everybody motions like you're going to set it back, but you really had that plan that day to do two reps,
2: right? No, I was winging it.
0: So you were winging I
2: spent the whole previous three days sitting on the edge of my couch, rocking back and forth. I couldn't be. I thought I had the flu. I was a miserable bastard. I was losing my mind trying to figure out what to do because the week before 980 for two, I had to, I, I was on the floor for a little bit. They kicked my ass. And once Saturday hit my bench, it started. What are you going to do Monday? And I don't know. The whole animal house thing, the angel and devil, <sighs> One of them was calling me a pussy, the other was trying to tell me to be smart. And I don't like the smart guy that much.
0: <laughs> right.
2: Uh, you know, he's not that much fun. Yeah, he's not. And yeah. when I came up with that first one that fast, I, all thoughts were out. I was taking it again.
3: But let me tell you, didn't you loosen your suit? Didn't you wear a little looser suit after
2: 980? Uh, I don't remember that.
3: I kind thought felt like nine nine eight was throwing you forward, um, you know, with with uh, suit. So you loosened it up. I mean, I don't think people understand. You could, I even mean, your suit wasn't like this. You had to hang from the power rack, like I used to have to do, man. I mean, you. Could
2: see the uh, my suit. The rule for my suit was four minutes. If it took more than four minutes to put on, it was too tight. Yeah.
1: I'm back. Did I miss anything? his uh? What you got? Yes. back in
0: those days Kirk didn't you have the flap in the back with the two buttons in case you had to make a uh, a bathroom stop like the old days yeah oh, what uh, in
2: the <laughs> <hell>? <laughs> you know I have two words for you JD. Oh, and there's a lot there's seven letters and a lot of F. <laughs> right. so
0: that is the set that really gets people fired up I mean you know the 800 for 5 1,000 for two, thousand and three for 1 I mean they're all great but
2: it was it was not the smartest thing in the world to do. It probably screwed me for a ten thirty five or ten forty two squat, but I don't care. Mm. If I didn't double that, I would still dream about whether I could have or not.
0: Yeah. And
2: and I, it's not like I was gonna get beat. I think I won that Nationals by over four hundred pounds. Like, right. Well because between- you have that kind of luxury. You can play and have
0: fun. Yeah, because on the thousand and three, wasn't the actual goal for the last lift going to be what a thousand thirty-two? With the thousand twenty-two.
2: Ten forty-two.
1: Oh, ten. Oh, ten.
2: When you double something, fifty pounds.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Being conservative, forty.
2: Okay.
1: Okay. Right now, what we didn't count on was the the emotional response at one of two. When he did that, it was such a know, benchmark that there was such a celebration then and there that I thought that every I thought we kind of lost our edge a little bit. And I thought, why not? I mean, goddamn, damn, it was the first guy to do thousand and two. Let's revel in that. 2003. 1,003. Well, excuse me. You know, excuse it's me, excuse not like me. other
2: excuse people me. hadn't squatted a thousand pounds, but this was the first IPO oh, official squatting a this thousand
1: pounds. This was the real deal. Squatting a thousand pounds. Okay? Nobody
2: could talk any shit about this one. Mm-hmm. But it really was an emotional thing. That bar was really whippy, and they packed the collars on real tight, and it kicked my ass.
1: Well, I tend to disagree. I think it was a goddamn emotional thing because I was there, okay? And this people yeah. were going crazy and we were going crazy because you crushed that damn weight, And it was hard to re-gather our energies, right? And go, okay, and, and I believe we only called 1024. Yeah. And everybody thought we were crazy. What? That's crazy. And you said, actually, it's conservative because he wanted 1040.
2: Well, when I set up the 1003, my feet were too close. And I mm-hmm. knew I had to fix that. Absolutely. But but, but, I got that set up and the bars whipping and it was a whole lot of drama. Yep, 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 and yep. I knew that really the smart thing would have been to put that bar back in the rack and reset it. But mm-hmm. it's like, dude, you just doubled this. Fucking get this over with.
1: Yeah. And you were man enough to be able to do it.
2: Yeah. Even but it was hard. It was a hard. right. lot harder
3: right, than right, I thought it was. But you're still able to do it. When you walked out to the 1003, what were you saying to those weights?
2: <laughs> That's personal. No, I mean, if you watch the video, I walked out to that weight and I patted it with my left hand and I said something to it. You know the, the time.
0: The That'd the big good. thing though. Anybody that watches that, look at the walkout that you guys used to have to do. Uh-huh. You know, there's no monolift or anything like that. You guys had to do a lot of work before you you actually went down for the squat. It was no problem.
2: Yeah. Well, now they make an app for squatting. You don't have to walk it out
0: anymore. Right with the monolift, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah.
2: Really. You're
0: going to come up
2: to me and say, what'd you think
0: of that lift, Kirk? Really? Yeah. yeah a dude, that's weight. a lot of weight. A lot of weight. 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 What's uh, real quick? Uh, the four day split, that was your, that was pretty much your training schedule, right? You do legs, then chest and arms, and then take a day off and then do back and then do chest, right? Yeah. So is that how, you pretty much kept it your your entire career or did you go down to three days or five days no, or
2: I won my first two world championships on a two day a week, Monday and Thursday. Boom. And yeah. I decided that bench pressing and working on this technique deserved its own day. Mm. And I pulled it from Monday because the logic was the squat is very stressful on your shoulders. So bench, then, and give yourself a week to recuperate. Tear them apart and let them, let them heal. Right, right. Okay. Well, I decided I'm going to move to Saturday and just bench. And click, 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 click. Start moving.
0: Yeah. What about um, after you would do Worlds, how long would you take off? So I remember... You saying you wouldn't even drive by the gym because you didn't want to be sucked into it, and you would just so you would take off a month.
2: A month wouldn't even drive by the gym.
0: Yeah. And then what would you what would you what would you do with your your diet during that month? You just didn't care. You try to stay clean.
2: I would catch up on my beer drink.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, that makes sense. And 7-Eleven Big Bite Specials.
2: Dude, I just won the world championship. I'm going to get your own cheese. Problem. <laughs>
3: so you remember the, you remember the, the meet that Brad was talking about his first USPF in yeah. Philly? Remember that when he was talking about?
1: Yeah, what about it? Yeah.
3: So we're I was competing in that meet, and Kirk wasn't competing. That was his first year off, I think. And so I walked up to him, and we're talking, and I said, Are you competing today? And he's like, No, nah, I just got, I just uh, this morning squatted 555 for 12. <laughs> So, I'm not going to be squat
1: one day.
3: <laughs> You're like,
2: that was the worst year. Yeah. The yeah. first year I didn't compete because everybody came running up. So, are you ripping? No.
1: Yeah, well, I thought it was a mistake to quit. Now, uh, I'll tell you the little story about how I tried to talk him out of quitting. Yeah, this is good. I just, just read about this. Bored. He just got yeah. bored with it, you know. I think it's just like over and over and over after you do it. Do it. After you seven times in a row national champion, after six, your six, time six times in a row world champion, world champion. Oh, excuse oh, excuse me, you took second a, in, in the first year, and then after that, six great world
2: You're not ever supposed to talk about that. And
1: when you... you <laughs> Uh, To win a world championship, you have to travel overseas. None of them are held in the United States. So it all meant you got to go to Europe. You got to go to Asia. You got to go crazy places. So he said, I don't want to do it anymore. I'm tired of it. I said, "Okay, okay. We got some options here. I said, now here's one possibility. I said, I said, what if. Oh, and he said, oh, yeah." Okay. I said, well, you know, I mean, you can win your seventh world championship just by showing up. And he goes, oh, why do I want to do that? So I can do this. And he licks a finger and puts it up on an imaginary black boy. So I can do this <laughs> and be number seven. And I said, well, yeah, most people would kind of like that if they had that opportunity. I said, well, how about this? I said, how about... If you win the world championship, but you don't train, I said. If you didn't train, could you squat eight hundred? Oh yeah, of course, of course. Okay, okay. Could you bench five hundred? Yeah. Could you deadlift seven and thirty? Yeah. I said. Well, the world is so weak right now. That would win. <laughs> So I said, you could win the world championship with that training. I said, that would be kind of cool. What do you think about that? Just take the air off. And in November when the worlds are, we'd go up we have to win the, the, the national. So we'd have to be up shows in the national, but 2100 would do that. And then for the worlds would kick up to 2150 or 2180. And, you know, do that. Nah, no, that does not turn me on. And what was the other possibility we had? Um, one was you wouldn't train, and I can't remember what the other one was, but you couldn't be in place. Uh, yes, yes. Why don't you win the world, let everyone lift geared to the max, and you just go with a belt? What do you think about that? I mean, that would be cool. You beat the rest of the world's ass raw while they're geared up. <laughs> that would have been great.
2: Well, I, to, me, to me the was, better one would have been no this sport deserves
1: yeah, that either my true. full attention. I'm not gonna have it. Yeah. Well, obviously, and he was burnt out. He just is like I you know, I've done this, I've I've been to I've been to Switzerland, I've been to France, I've been to Italy, you know what I mean? It's just just oh. So Kirk, you're psychologically burned
0: out, but were you physically kind of burned out too or you were still good?
2: Yeah, I was watching videos. My knees are drifting. Yeah. And I'm watching things and mentally thinking about them on the next training session and not able to control them. My knees were drifting over my toes and, you know, these things. And I'm like, this is good. And I was still getting stronger, but Stronger, poor form, catastrophic failure, mm-hmm. and then that was one of the big ones. I started thinking about getting hurt, and I can't think about getting hurt. And that kind of got in my head a little bit too. Plus, there was a whole of reason, and you know, it was it was tough. Yeah, walk away.
0: Well, I mean, you can't argue with that, and um, you know, okay. I, like. Like if you I said, back in time, I would have
1: stayed for at least two more. Yeah. Well, and you never I know. I don't know if it would have fit your personality, though. You know, I just I don't know if you could have just cruised. You know, would have been it's hard you your psychological. psychological.
0: W- weren't you saying though, Kirk, you were losing the uh, kind of like losing the rage when you would go out there. That was kind of diminishing. A lot. Uh, That's just
1: just what I said. Yeah.
2: But what it was is when I got my first barbell set and I made myself a promise that I would always go all out and do the best I could because I could make something of this. And half-assing it goes against that promise that I made when I was 12 years old to -hmm. myself. Either go all out or don't. That's right.
0: Yeah, and that's what you have to do, whether you're a weightlifter or, you know, in your occupation or as a husband or whatever. Yeah.
2: I can truly say that every time I was in the gym and it was time to train, yeah, I was there. 100% present, ready. I didn't screw around ever in the gym. Ever.
0: Well... I think uh, I think we've talked about a lot. We got to some questions that people wanted to know on uh, Instagram. So thank you very much. Uh, I think we learned some things, talked about some things that maybe we haven't talked about in a while or we've never talked about. I don't know. I think it was a good interview. Um, we always appreciate you coming on, Kirk. You're a, a oh, great you know, guest. your know, family. Yeah, my boy. Yeah, your family over there, you know.
3: What about JP living up there in Thermont? <laughs> well, that's not family. Used
1: to be. Listen, Listen that's, be like, uh, that's, like, that's still a, that still qualifies.
0: Come in man, on, it's still, still in the same. It's still in the same state. Thermont,
2: Pennsylvania.
0: Kirk, <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. Kirk, Can you hear me?
2: <laughs> Kirk. Hey, it's not even Pennsylvania. It's Pennsylvania.
1: Hey, <laughs> Kirk. Kirk. are you coming up? Yeah. Somebody? Yeah. Okay,
2: good. Okay, good. Nice. Yeah, I got two more weeks to break that next nice plate on the bar. <laughs> Don't good, say good. what it
0: is. And get on your... Uh, you've been using your Karwaski approved power bar? Of course. That's a great You know, spot. that is a nice Why bar. up like for the deadlift? You know, you and I started talking a while back, and I said, you know what? The greatest squatter in the world needs his own bar. I said, let's do a bar. So we figured out You know, it's it's IPF spec. It had to be IPF spec, of course. We figured out, yeah, we figured out the 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 name and the artwork, and you know how he wanted the the sleeves. And I said, you know, we can do colors too. He goes, man, I always had blue as my favorite color because it was always my Titan color. I think you had cars that were this color blue. Yep. So I said, let's do a, a blue. Gun coat, which is like a Sarah So this thing turned out beautiful, but it's a great bar. If you, if you go to ironcompany.com, type in Karwaski approved bar and, uh, it's on there. It's American made 190,000 PSI, high tensile strength steel. It's, if you're looking for uh, a good quality bar, uh, at a really good price, check that out. Right.
1: Uh, buy a 1962 Ferrari GTO back in 1962. Now it's worth $50 million. So you might want to get in on these Kowalski bars because- That's another thing, yeah. Limited edition lot. How many did you make? A hundred? Well, we made, uh, what did we do? I think we did a hundred in the yeah. first run. So these are like signature addition, I think Kirk robbed each one of these individually, Kirk? Was that true? true. Well, are this test is, <laughs> hey,
0: Well, you know, Jimmy, 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 uh, you Jimmy, you know what he's been uh, doing, though?
3: Listen, hey, we had that bar, J.P. me one, when I was <laughs> working. the pad You great. couldn't bend it, could you, <laughs> now? Maybe no, should have put it in my truck and brought it to the house.
1: Uh,
3: it's <laughs> a yeah. nighttime, though. New purchase get that. But anyway, yeah, it's a great bar, man.
0: But but Kirk, I think Kirk's sending out autographed pictures with each purchase too. So absolutely. Well, so check that out. But uh, besides that, check out Marty's weekly column and podcast, Raw with Marty Gallagher at ironcompany.com. and learn techniques and tactics proved to build the strongest, most muscular athletes on the planet. Um, yes, also, pick up his book, Purposeful Primitive, and we've also got Strong Medicine on there. So you can go to ironcompany.com, check that out. Uh, like I said, visit, uh, visit our site for the, the, uh, Karwaski approved power bar that's on there, along with any other kind of bars you might need, plates, machines, yeah. rubber
1: flooring, anything. Excuse me. Excuse me. Yeah. Do we have, cadet captain. Is there a, Is there way, a way, that way that people can get that? that? Yeah.
0: If, if anybody wants now, Kirk's had this, uh, DVD, uh, cadet to captain out for a long time. If anybody wants that, just contact us through iron company and, and we'll set you up. And he can, he can mail those out. He's got some over there. And then, um, finally, new Jim Steele articles can be found on our articles section. Same place as the raw, uh, with Marty Gallagher articles. So check that out, um, and also check out his BassBarbell.com site for training, motivation, and uh, various programs. So that's it, guys. That was awesome. I really appreciate it. I hope the sound turned out okay because we had to put Kirk on the phone, so we'll see how it turns out. All
2: right, all right. All right guys. All right, when my new boy moves in, I'll have him hook the Skype thing up.
0: All right. Sounds good. So we'll
1: have you back in a few months. Yeah. All right, buddy. All right, guys. Thanks. See you guys. Bye.